Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. Welcome to the Spent the Rent Podcast. I am your host, Patty Rose. My guest today is author and artist, Victor Keith. Victor, welcome to the show. Thank you. So this is really exciting. Uh, it's It's been a long time since I've had consistent uh, in-person guests, and it's awesome to have you in studio. Uh, this is really cool. Before we get started, I wanted to give a couple of reminders about uh, what's happening with the podcast. My goal when I started the Spent the Rent Podcast was to spotlight the underrepresented of the 541 community. Here we are five years later, this is episode 187, and I've learned that the beauty of what I get to do is that I get to meet extremely interesting people and facilitate a conversation for very f- for a few flies on the wall who'd like to listen to it. So cheers to you flies, I appreciate all of you. If you're listening or watching and you would like to donate to the podcast or even better, become a monthly sponsor, you can go to our website, which is strpod.com. And then a reminder also, the podcast is available on both audio and video format. Be sure to subscribe to YouTube, Spotify, Facebook, wherever you consume your podcasts. Awesome. Uh, Victor Keith, I wanted to have you on originally to talk about your book. Uh, it's, it's and I got it right here. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. Uh, but I wanted to kind of get to know you a little bit better first. So, you know, one of the things, let's see. Oh, you told me that you would describe yourself as an artist and an author by mistake. Uh, explain <laughs> to me what you meant by that. Okay. So uh, I've been drawing my entire life and, um, Art's one of those things that's always been there. So I've always considered myself an artist. But around 2010, I came up on a lot more, um, some some real information really that just opened my head up to just reality, I guess I should say. So at that time, my art took a turn and I started focusing on um, like the title of my books, Race, Politics, and Religion. And um, in order to do that, I had to do, go on to do research. I had to start watching documentaries, reading books, and listening to lectures and things like that. And... I just got a wealth of information and this, this new style developed in my art, but with all the information that I couldn't put down on, on paper as a drawing, um, it was overwhelming. So the, the next best thing was to put it in a book. Right. And that's how I accidentally became an author. I wish. So I met you, <laughs> I met you at the black cultural celebration and I just kind of decided my, my partner and I were there and we were like, we're just going to spend some money. We're just going to kick around, kick around some cash. The whole idea of the event was to expose the Eugene community to unknown or little or like uh, lesser known uh, minority owned business or business owners. Right. Yeah. And so it was really neat. And I got to meet a lot of different people. I bought some, some barbecue sauce. I bought your book and I, I intended on, on, on jumping in. I'm not a huge reader. I'll be the first to admit, yeah. but I did thumb through it and I was really impressed right off the bat with uh you know just that your writing style is is very uh kind of deadpan kind of blunt mm-hmm. and so i i was a fan immediately <laughs> and i will consume it uh it's gonna take me some time 
uh, you know, one of the things that intrigued me about you was your blunt, almost deadpan demeanor. And I could sense that there's an honesty, a lot of humor too, but also mm-hmm. a lot of pain. Would that be okay. a fair, a fair assessment? <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, um, honest in the humor. I think that's, I'm glad you caught that because the subject matter that I touch on, I think it's a bit intimidating to people right. and, they, and they don't realize that I actually have a sense of humor. I'm still that the, the kid I was before I learned all this, you know, I, I don't mind a good fart joke or whatever every now and then, sure. but uh, <laughs> people don't necessarily assume that, you know, and they, um, yeah, I mean, I it, yeah. let's talk a little bit about what kind of art, I mean, before we get into the book, let's talk about the art. So artistic ambush is, is what you call your art. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's kind of almost comic book style. How would you describe right. it? Um, the same, yeah, I do uh, a bit of a comic book format where I break it down into sections so that, um, an entire story can be told within this one, within this one image. So one page right? every time. Yeah. And right. it's, it's a lot of kind of thought provoking stuff. A lot of it, like you like your book, the Tyler book, race, politics, religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of it is kind of painting a picture like one that you're working on right now shows a guy getting pulled over. Right. Right. And then just the fear that ensues. And then the cop asking why are you nervous? And it's right. like, why, why, why am I, why wouldn't I be nervous? You know, right. kind of thing. Right. And so it's just kind of painting a picture of, of, you know, just that stress that's, and you know, it sparks up those conversations because they're, they're touchy subjects that people don't like to discuss. And then when they are discussed, it ends up in a, a debate. People have mixed emotions and things like that. Um, and just to make the point, a lot of times people want to include their opinions. But when I draw these pictures, again, it's telling an entire story where you don't get the opportunity to interrupt. Right, right. Which I've learned with my podcast is something that people have, have been grateful to be guests. I've been told this because they're like, I can show this to my family and they can hear me out and they right. don't get to interrupt me. And so that's kind of exactly. neat. That, that's what I get to do. I get to facilitate. Uh, let's talk about your book, Race, Politics, Religion. You said that you kind of stumbled across making it because you weren't going to be able to get your point across just with uh, that one page. So you, and, and I think any true artist is going to have many mediums anyways right. and different outlets. Sometimes the more abstract is, you know, an approach that that day, that's what you're feeling. Other right. times you want to be more deliberate and more blunt, you know? And so mm-hmm. like we had talked about and anyone that picks up your book and I hope you do, it's on Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, that you have a very blunt approach. So talk about your book, talk about when you started writing it and, and, and really deep dive into, into what it's all about. Okay. Um, race, politics and religion is actually my second book. Uh, the first book's called the miseducation of the Christian, which still came out of the same awakening when I was just absorbing information from every angle. Um, in learning the history, some of the, there were certain biblical topics that, that, that went right along with it. And I ended up going deep into the Bible. I was raised Christian. Um, but like I said, this rabbit hole sent me deep into the Bible farther. And then miseducation of the Christian ended up being my first book, uh, race, politics, and religion is, is specifically, I go from basically from the time of the Moors, the Egyptians and the pyramids and everything. And it leads straight up to modern day issues. Um, within race, politics, and religion. I go strongly on all three subjects. And um, it's because there's a lot of debates. Again, people have, a lot of things are obvious. And if people could listen, they would actually realize, you know, um, or you know what, an- another angle I'll approach with, this with is that uh, for the white readers anyways, they come back to me and they give me a lot of feedback that they're grateful because a lot of people just don't have the opportunity to speak to a black person to get their entire perspective about the racism in America and the issues like that. So I made it a goal to touch on every single point that I could um, and be as clear and as bold as I could to paint a picture. I don't speak for all black people. They're right. 
Right. But that's I, like one of the biggest, that was like one of the first lessons for me about is that it's not a, it's not, you know, it's non-binary in the way that everybody doesn't agree or like, right. you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not a binary where it's like, you know, and I don't, I'm like, what do black people think about this? My, my buddy, Jason Floyd, he's like, why don't you ask him? <laughs> like everyone thinks different <laughs> shit. Just like, and yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I was, you know, was, and I was young, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. it was like, it was something that was like oh, I, foot and mouth and light bulb moment at the same right. time. So, so yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's hard, you know, for people that haven't really consumed it. I really encourage them to check it out. Uh, I mean, there, do you think that with history though, this is the one thing I know that one of the, the complaints that people would have is like, where do you, how do you know, where do you get your sources? I just want to ask, do you think that there is one true history or is it all about theory and perception? I mean, it's that's, it's that's, a little of both. As they say, the history is another, you know, can be called his story. Yeah. Um, but there's truth behind all of it. And a lot of times you have to sift through it. Some of it is perception. Right. And a lot of it, you, you have to put that perception aside because the facts are, it is what it is. And you well, can't that, deny yeah, it. Yeah. So you got to put yeah. that pride aside and kind of just accept it as, you know. Right. And I mean, I just, I, I guess what I'm getting at is, I guess it's, it's I, th- I don't think it's possible for everybody to always get to agree on yeah. history. I do think, you know, we've learned uh, that history is basically written by the people that have succeeded in the, in the battles typically. Yes. But that being said, like, I think what's been done wrong, especially in American education, is teaching history as in, like, there's a one way of looking at it. Because I think right. that we should really be looking, looking at it like how different people perceive it. You know? Yes. you know what I'm saying? The different perceptions of the way that things went down and are continuing to go down right. in a lot of cases. Uh, so what motivates you to dig deep for an understanding of history that you have found to be a more accurate depiction? I worded it this way on purpose because I said, you know, that you have found it to be a more accurate depiction because I'm not, I have, first of all, I haven't consumed the whole book, so I don't want to sign off on it. I can't (laughs) that being, but that being said, I do support your doing it and and writing it because I think that it's your interpretation. And I think that that's amazing. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that that's that's how we learn is it's like, Oh, well, I wouldn't have looked at it that way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So what is it that gives you that motivation to dig deep? Um, I think the, the entirety of it, just realizing how I was lied to on every single subject. Um, when it comes to history, the, the way that we were taught to perceive it and absorb it. And as, as black people, we go through the school system learning about white history, you know, and they don't tell us about the black greatness, even during black history month, they tell us about a few, inventions here and there you know and a couple of people but they don't really go deep into what we had beforehand people don't realize that i mean timbuktu in africa had the first university in the world right you know the moors traveled up into europe and, and built civilizations you know and, and during the dark ages africa was actually thriving right you know so our history is totally just buried so the motivation for me is just i mean learning more and more it just builds my self-esteem it builds my, my sense of pride you know um and that once, once you learn, you have to just keep, it's a rabbit hole. Right. You know, I might say that a few times. But no, yeah, it's totally true. It is. <laughs> and there's a lot of stuff that's been, I mean, there's a lot of stuff now. Uh, there's access to just anything, any, yes. any belief system, any, bi- you know, any confirmation bias mm-hmm. and all that stuff too, which I think makes people nervous as well because they don't know what to believe is truth. And I think right. that a lot of times it's important to just consume a lot of different types of things. Right. Yes. And so from different perspectives, uh yeah but where what i mean where do you think that your favorite source for the information where, where's been something that you have found is really reliable um 
in this modern day, a lot of people might not like to hear me say this, but YouTube has become an amazing source. Um, when I started this in 2010, it wasn't it wasn't like that. Um, when I started learning, I was given a, a DVD of a lecture video from a friend and I didn't really care to watch it. You know, it was boring. Like I said, I was a, I was a gamer back then. Sure. And I I put it in just to. When he asked for it back, I wanted to at least act like I watched it, you know. Sure. And and, and I'm telling you, five minutes into it, I was glued. Um, right. <laughs> right. And uh, my life changed from there. Um, the original question. I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, oh gosh, I lost it. It was <laughs> off the cuff. Yeah. Um, you know, let's move on. I mean, th there's a topic I want to discuss, and I think we're kind of hinting at okay. it. I want to talk about how different Americans look at ancestry. You know, uh, I know I've been doing my Ancestry.com thing, and I think that this is something that I, I wanted to discuss because I don't think that people really grasp how different it is for people of different uh, backgrounds as Americans, how they look at Ancestry. And it's right. obvious. I mean, obviously, so for me, my story is, you know, my mom's side traces all the way back to waterford ireland and it's for generations in ireland and right. then it, it was i it was earlier than i thought so it's about the 1850s that they migrated to massachusetts pretty pretty cliche yeah. you know you know what i'm saying oh, pretty cliche and then my dad's side i was always under the impression german turns out hungarian which is you know the next door neighbor or whatever a couple, mm -hmm. couple right right there in that same region but you know i have this just this experience where I celebrate the Ellis Island story and I celebrate these right things, on. right. That are like part of the American story and, and what makes America what it is. But I just don't think a lot of people understand that obviously when you're, when your lineage would be in slavery, mm -hmm. that that presents an, another way of looking at things and, and another, uh, you know, it's people that always want to say like, you know, why do you hate America? And it's like, well, I mean, I could start a list. You know, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, <laughs> it's not about, do I hate America? It's like, I'm questioning, does America hate me? Right. You know, and so I just wanted to have hear your input on first of all how you look at ancestry, mm -hmm. how you look at your ancestry. If you've been able, if you have you ever dug into that at all? Have you have you kind of tried to find your own personal ancestry? Or is that's it, actually on my list for like next month? Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on it. Yeah. Well, then I'll ha we'll have to have you back on. <laughs> uh, but what, I mean, as of right now, you probably know a little bit. There's there's spoken story. You know, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, I've heard things from my family, but I mean, it doesn't go. It's not that far. It doesn't back. go far. Yeah. Just a couple of generations back. Yeah. And so it's interesting for, but that's the individual story. I think that there's a good understanding of, of the bigger picture mm -hmm. about people like, you know, I mean, uh, that I'm sure that, you know, those stories, uh, you know, talk to, t tell me, I mean, what does that make you think when I talk about that with ancestry? I mean, I'm sure that that's something that, you know, I want to hear kind of as a black American, the way that you look at that, like the way that right. you look at, and, and again, you're not speaking for everybody, but right. the way that you look at, uh, I mean, have you, have you been, is that something you've been having to battle with? Like basically your whole life? Like, how do I view this? Where's my place? I don't think that, okay. For, for as for most of us, like I said, there's no, we, we know we came from Africa, but that's it. Right. You know, and when we're sitting in school, we're learning about white greatness and white history, you know? Um, our parents, it's, there's not really a sense of pride in working the fields and everything, you know, so you don't really get too many, too which, much discussion about that. Which, I mean, in some ways, that sucks that we don't, not that people should be working in the field, you know, right. like, but I, do, I wish we could take pride in that, too. You know, all yeah. of people's parts of the, of right. the big picture, it does, and not based on color or anything right. like that, but just based on, I mean, unfortunately, money is going to always exist. Yeah, but I mean, I think from, because of that lack of knowledge, I think we have all, by default, we've embraced Africa as a whole which it is still 
it still sucks that we don't know where where exactly we came from out of all the countries in Africa. So what was our culture? You know, what was our there's a lot of different cultures in Africa, you know, so we can't just narrow it down to one. But like I said, because all of it was stripped from us, we get to embrace all of it. Yeah. Um, and and everybody new, and, you know, and all people. Right? right. And in this new day, this this is really empowering, you know, because, again, like I just said, they learning as an adult that Africa had colleges and streetlights and some everything else is, you know, um, it would be great to know the, the, the closer, you know, um, where we came from, the genealogy and things like that. So yeah, that's one of the things that I just got to do. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting. And I mean, in America, there's basically three stories, right? Mm -hmm. There's, there's the immigrant experience okay. or generations that pass from that. And then there's the native, native, uh, you know, indigenous people. And then there's, there's the slavery, the slave trade. That's how right. people got here, you mm -hmm. know, you know? And so it's, it's something that uh, I don't, I don't know how we get to a point like, you know, with slavery, we're never going to get to a point where we're like, well, yeah, you know, it's like, there should be something to be proud of with that. Like, right. that's a fucking, it's, it's a painful right. thing. Like, you know, and, and there's nothing good that comes of it. And, you know, I saw something one time, though, that was really inspiring about the immigrant experience. And it was a, an Asian, Asian American man. He had just gotten citizenship. He had been citizen for a short time. Right. And so he grew up and lived in a different world. But then he came to America. And, and the question was asked to him. It was like, do you feel like you take on all of the ills of your country even before you were there? And he's like, absolutely. You don't get to have all the good without the bad. You right. know, we got to We all own it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And. And so that, I mean, in the slavery issue, he has an outside perspective on that. Mm -hmm. I don't think that it's something that you can ask a black person. Like, I want you to figure out your ownership of this. It's like, how about, how about go fuck yourself? Right. You, know, right. you know, like, but, but I don't know. It was an interesting thought for me. But I do think that we're making progress as a culture because I do think people are actually starting to listen to each other a little bit more. Some, some, you know, and, and that's, been, that's been inspiring. And, and things like this, I mean... Sometimes I hate the conversation when you're talking for me from a white person's perspective where I don't want to make it, you know, we live in a very, very white dominant area, like okay. as far as population. So there's, there's a lot of, there's not a ton of opportunity to have a lot of experience for people to have friends that are, okay. uh, you know, African-American. And so sometimes it feels like that's the only thing you get asked about. And like, you have to be the, you know, you yeah. know, I'm sure that that yeah. shit gets tiring. Oh, it, it, it happens, but I, um. As far as living here, and first I'll say that that Oregon is great. Growing up in Mississippi, um, I came here on vacation in 2010 and decided to stay. You know, and that's my first day here. There was a, a white guy in, was it Morning Glory? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, schooling me about black history at random. And I'm like, wait, me, you know, seriously? And he sent me across the street to Smith Family Bookstore. And was, you need to check out their African-American section. And it, it was amazing. Like, wow. again, you don't find that in Mississippi. But then as far as like when the Black Lives Matter thing and all that happened here, there is a whole lot more support from white people who want to get over it. And they know that the, the way to get over it, sorry, You're good. they know that the way to get over it is to, to own up, address it and talk about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, and they do what their responsibility is when there's injustices, they get out and they speak against it. Right. Because black people have been saying, treat us right for years. And it's not working. Sure. And they don't listen to us. So it comes up to white people. It's your responsibility to talk to the other white people and get them to, you know. And that was something that, because this is something I've had a lifelong battle with. I'm, I'll be the first to admit it. When I was a kid, there was just, I just lived in my, like my circle, my bubble. Right. And then I, and I, I talked to you off air about this and I want to bring it up. So for me, like there was a lot of the education of uh, black experience in America came from like Chuck D from Public Enemy, right? <laughs> right. So I'm listening to rap music in the early nineties, 89, 90, 91. 
And I'm like, wait a minute. This is an experience that these people are having that is very different than my experience in America. Right. Right. And I was growing up in Salem, Oregon, and that was happening. What they're talking about is like Chicago, you know. And uh, so I at first, in, at 10 years old, I was like, this is actually super interesting. And I didn't like, I didn't think about like my, I didn't think about myself in it. I yeah. thought about like, oh my gosh, your experience. Then yeah. Tupac came along. And for me, and this isn't about Tupac. This is mm-hmm. just about my surroundings. But this all my friends started being like wait a minute i'm gonna be this you know and yeah. i'm talking about white friends and they're like all of a sudden they start acting like gangsters and shit and i just did not like it right <laughs> so i had like a hard time with gangster rap early on i'm like i don't want to embrace this shit and then and it was and also that's when i was coming into my own identity as a young young man 13 14 15 and so i just, i don't know it was really interesting but I was super, super inspired early on by people like Pub- or Public Enemy Chuck D. I mean, I think that he's been somebody that's been preaching about harmony and unity and all that stuff. And if anybody, anybody actually consumed it, they would realize that he's like one of the most brilliant, like, oh, yeah. spokesperson people for everybody, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> you know. And so, I don't know. It's kind of, I don't know where I was going with that. But um, I just wanted to talk about that dude, because I know the ancestry is difficult and I don't know where we go. Everyone always talks about like, when are we going to think about the future, not the past? Mm-hmm. And it's like, we haven't talked about the past yet. That's the issue, right. you know? So I think we're making progress by doing that. 2020 was big and, and it exposed a lot. And I see the language changing with policing. I know that in Springfield, I had the police yes. chief off on, on the podcast. And we talked about de-escalation training and that's for all Americans so that the rules are the same for everybody, you right. know? And then, the, the language, I mean, they're enforcing bias in Springfield now. Like, they're actually charging people for bias, which is, really? that's a big change. Okay. That's a big change. Okay. You know, so there's some significant moves happening because, uh, and, you know, and I think we can attribute some of that to those marches, mm-hmm. even though, you know, the handling of it was a disaster by the Springfield yeah. police. Uh, it also created a conversation the police chief resigned retired i got i got mm-hmm. shit for saying he resigned the old chief retired <laughs> and the new chief was brought in and i'm i'm so far i'm giving him a good i'm good you know good grade from from what i've seen so far but nice. it, we haven't had a, a tragic incident yet right and so when that happens that's how you'll know how how it's handled but yes i have faith so I looked at your art, I peeked inside your book, and I glanced at your YouTube channel, and I saw that you had mentioned a highly con- the highly controversial black, black Israelite theory. <laughs> uh, and I know that this is a tough one, and I know that there, we're going to get some fun feedback. Um, would you be interested in talking about this? Absolutely. Okay, so this will give people more of an understanding. Now, this, if anybody's wondering, you know, everyone has an opinion on this, even though they don't know what they're talking about. So Kanye and Kyrie Irving, Kanye, in my opinion, is one example. He's out there. He's out left field. I've never been a, a Kanye guy. Kyrie, I'm a Celtics fan. So Kyrie and I have a little bit of a basketball hatred going on. But as a man, I think he's misunderstood. I'm not defending his actions, not defending what he's t- talking about. But I think that his whole thing is, is that he wants people to understand that you shouldn't believe and I'm giving him some tremendous credit here that maybe not be deserved, okay. but you shouldn't believe what you know is true just because other people think it's true. That doesn't make it real. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's one area that he had brought this up. He had, had recommended a documentary. I purpose, I've chose not to watch it personally mm-hmm. because I've been told, I, I asked a friend of mine and his input said, I don't remember the title. Do you remember the title of the documentary? The, the, Oh goodness. He, um, yeah. But anyway, so he shared it. He shared a post about it and, uh, I chose not to watch it because I was told, I asked a friend of mine, I said, what do you think? Should I, I, I like to you know, challenge myself. And he's like, well, 
you have to be kind of careful because your brain you can't take something out of your brain and i ha- i don't know if it's necessarily a reliable source that that whole documentary i haven't watched it okay but i wanted to know more about this theory so it, it's fine okay. so explain to me what the black israelite theory is and we'll go from there okay so <laughs> where do i begin yeah um and i want to say that that first of all mentioning Kyrie, Kyrie and uh kanye that the the reason that Kanye got in trouble and why I would not connect myself with his comments is because he what he did is he said he was about to go with DefCon three on a bunch of Jews something like that. Now yeah, you yeah. just initiated a threat. You know you can't Violence, say that. Violence unacceptable. Yeah, unacceptable. Yeah, you know, and he knows what the language was going to do. Right. right, right. Now as far as Kyrie sharing the video, okay. The thing about the Israelites is, um, according to the Bible, God has one chosen people. Um, they are the only ones who are going to get into heaven. Everyone else is going to burn. Um, it says it in Matthew, God's going to take the, the sheep in one hand, the goats in the in the other, and the sheep are going to be placed in heaven and the rest are going to be thrown into the fire. That's, it's pretty cut and dry. That's all there is to it. Um, there's numerous verses throughout the Bible where God says that the Israelites are my chosen people. This is a book to the Israelites. It says you are above all nations. It says the Israelites are gods. Um, and again, it says over and over that the Israelites are the only ones that God will bless and the Israelites are the only ones that God will punish. Um, so these Israelites, what they're doing is they've identified that, oh, we need, then we, if we're the chosen people, then we better get on it. You know, so they, from the, basically, oh boy, like, how do I want to approach this? (laughs) We got time. Let me go to my cheat sheet here. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, so a lot of people think, you know, well, Jesus said that Jesus came for everybody and this and that. But again, it says numerous times, Jesus actually said um, in Matthew, when the woman came saying, um, I need you to heal my daughter. You know, um, Jesus said, no, my blessings are only for the Israelite. Who am I to give their blessings to the dogs? This is in the Old Testament. This is in the New Testament. This is the New Testament. Okay. Jesus said, he called the woman a dog. He said, my blessings don't go to the dogs. You know, and yeah, and she said, well, don't the dogs get the crumbs from their masters as well? And because she knew her, she accepted her place as a dog, Jesus went on and blessed her and healed her daughter. You know, it's like I said, over and over and over, the Bible expresses that this is not for anyone else. And then when it comes to who all gets into heaven, while these missionaries are going around the world telling everybody that it's for everybody, the Bible specifically says that only 144,000 will be welcomed into heaven. That's 12,000 from each tribe of, from each tribe of Israel. And um, everyone else is either going to hell or they will become servants in heaven. Um, <laughs> and in order to get those Which is not the heaven that we've been painted. Right, know? right, right. Um, so I think a lot of people are just upset because of the idea that they've dedicated their entire lives to, to, to Christ and to the Bible and everything. And when you tell them that it's not for them, no matter what, they're not going to take that lightly, you know, right. um, to think that their grandparents, their grandparents may have gone to church their entire lives. They may have done good deeds and everything, but because they are not the Israelites, they're not going to get into heaven. And then when you ask who are the Israelites, um, and the ones here anyways, the black Hebrew Israelites that you see on the streets and everything in America, um, the reason they've determined themselves to be God's chosen people is because of Deuteronomy 28. When they continued to break God's laws, God expressed that he would send them back into slavery because they because they broke his commandments. It said they would be destroyed as a people. They would have to serve their enemies. They would be they would take loans from their enemies, but they would have nothing to loan out to those people. Um, it says they will go into slavery with an iron yoke around their necks. And as you know from um, the images from American slavery, black people are the only ones who have been in slavery with the those 
large iron yokes with the spikes and everything on them so they can't run away through the trees. Um, and then lastly, it says that they would be sent into slavery on ships. And as you know, again, nobody else in history has gone through slavery on ships, have an iron yoke around their neck, and they would be destroyed as a people, you know, until the end. Um, black people in America are the only ones who really fit that description. Actually, the blacks, natives, and Hispanics. Um, so the the Israelites, like, I am not an Israel. I don't, I don't identify. Yeah, as an wanna, Israelite. It, that, exactly. Like I, I think that, and you are also an atheist. I am an atheist, right? And so, when you say that this is what's written, you're not saying that this is God's. This is this is the way that it is. No, you're no. saying that this is the story. This, this is, is this is the story that people want to pick and choose the pieces right. that they want. You know, whether you want to read the Bible or not, that's what it says. Right. It's not. Yeah, it's not me. Um, and if you're calling the other people racist for seeking out that, you know, the, this Israelite thing. I mean, you really have to be mad at God or be mad at the Bible. Right. You know, because I mean, they're not taking, I've, I've studied them thoroughly. They, from what I can find, they're not taking anything out of context. Like I said, my book, the miseducation of the Christian is loosely based around this. I definitely, in, in the end of it, I go into the, the Israelite situation and explain that some, but so, um, so now, now with the black Israelite theory though, it, it's, it's a theory that the, uh, current people that live in israel yes are not they're imposters that right. is actually what is is in this theory right could you explain that a little bit um i'm not this is that where it gets a little bit uh right. heavy you know yeah. what i mean and i'm not yeah. again i'm not saying that this is we're not sitting here saying that we're pushing this th i'm just saying that this is what is being discussed right and let's see uh in revelations it, it states that the those who say they're beware of those who say they're Jews and are not, they're actually of the synagogue of Satan. And I think that's, that's another thing that uh, gets on people's nerves and, and says that they're anti-Semitic when they express this. And it can, you know, the wrong that. person that gets that information. Cause, cause when, you know, Dave Chappelle said it pretty damn good when he said, there's two words in the English language you should not tell say together. And it's the Jews, the Jews. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's true. And I think that sometimes this whole, I'm not, I don't know. Oh my God. It's difficult to word this, but there's people living in Israel that are completely innocent to whatever they're even attacking. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? Like that, that there, it, and I don't, I mean, this is, it's just dangerous. Cause we have so many people that are, you know, like if, how do I say? It? Okay, so first of all, what is the goal, right? Is the goal with for someone like Kyrie? You can't speak for Kyrie, but what do you assume is the goal by pushing this theory? Is it going to mean that the that the African Americans that live here today should actually be the ones that are in Israel and, and given that promised land? Um, as far as Kyrie, I think that he's like on the same mission I was. He he learned some information that was like, oh my goodness, I've never heard anything like this, and just decided to share it. Right. You know, I don't think he was totally he was just sharing the information right. and i just wonder sometimes though about that if that's the strategy i wonder if that's actually being written by white supremacists hmm. because it's like you know how we can do this i know how we can get a white america mm -hmm. you know you know right. what i'm saying right. so i mean I, I just i don't know i don't right. know and that's just i just don't trust anything like it's like and, and i just i think people want an answer for why there's pain and misery and all mm -hmm. that stuff in the world why people treat people why there's abhorrent people in the world that don't right. care about if you know, your not just your feelings. They don't care if you live or die. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And and we want answers to that. So it's much easier if you can call it satanic, or if you can call it all this stuff. I just have such a hard time with it. I mean, I I was raised Lutheran, which I joke is Diet Catholic. Okay. <laughs> and so uh, the you know the one of the big things that I was always turned off on when it comes to religion is how it's not all inclusive. How people like you had said it's mm -hmm. written in the Bible. It's written in the Bible that it's right. like oh there's only certain chosen ones. You have to do these things, and it's just like right. dude, 
I don't, I don't, I can't live my life thinking like that. I can't, I can't, right. I can't live my life thinking that if you don't do what this person says, then you're not good. And like you're saying, it doesn't even matter if you do it. What's good. That's no. literally what it says. No, you're not getting it anyway. And I mean, and really it, what it comes down to is and it's explaining who they were as well. That the Bible says over and over that these are black people. Um, so if you're not like near my complexion, it's kind of like, you check yourself off the list, you know, go on and <laughs> yeah. do what you feel. Because, yeah, it says over and over, every, anybody of any importance that it mentions, um, who are all Israelites as well. Yeah, it, it specifically says that they were black, as well as Jesus, um, who sprang out of the tribe of Judah. And it's the tribe of Judah who went in on ships and everything else. So they that's the other theory, is that the uh, African-Americans are the closest living relative to Jesus. Um, but it's a lot to take in if you yeah. if you don't fit that description and you're you're a Christian or you believe in the Bible you know it's to think you've been going to church your entire lives and most people they've been going their entire lives and they know about five percent of the Bible, you know right. And these Israelites while we're while people are hating on them, they're actually living by the law. They're not blowing off the Old Testament. Um, you know they're they're I'm sure there's a lot of them that aren't. But, well, sure, they're human right, beings. Right. They acknowledge all the laws of the Old Testament and they acknowledge that they're still supposed to follow them. Whereas in Christian Christianity, it's more of Church is more spiritual entertainment, and you don't have to follow all the rules. You just have to accept Jesus into your heart, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, I had a conversation with one of my customers who's from Saudi Arabia, and I asked him one time. I was like, this is tough to ask. I was like, "Do you have you ever thought, like, what if ISIS was right? You know? And and, 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 and it, it took <laughs> oh, a long goodness. time to get – no, it took a long time to get there. We had a serious rapport. Yeah. And it was, on, I mean, people are like, what? And no, dude, I was so, he was so stoked that I would actually have the balls to ask that question. Yeah. It, it, you never know how that's going to go down. Right. And it sounds like I was being a dick. No, it was like, I was talking to him. We had a great rapport. I was telling him stuff. He asked me straight up. He said, after 9-11, this was on 9-11. Mm-hmm. This was last September, this year, 20 years after September 11th, 2001. And wait, yeah, yeah. And no, two years ago. So, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, he said, did you have hatred for people like me? And I said, well, hatred, no. Fear, sure, because there's a propaganda machine, and it took me a while to do my own research before I realized uh, that there's victims. It's not like I mean, this is this right. is gonna make me look ignorant, but it's the facts. It's just the way that I I came to that conclusion that there's people that are being victimized by ISIS, right? I just at right. first you're thinking like, oh, this is the ideology in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. No, no, like no, it's not. They're victimized by no. these people. So. When I asked him that, I, he said, oh, yeah, I definitely have thought that. And I'm like, really? He's like, I almost I yeah. almost joined up. I'm like, really? And he yeah. said, you know, the only reason I didn't was because of the hypocrisy. Because they were raping women. They were drinking alcohol. They were smoking cigars. They mm-hmm. were playing music, rap music, American music. Wow. And so those are not, they're not living the code, right? They're not okay. living the life. That, and that's what you're talking about with these people that you had told me off air, like with the Israelites, that they they have to live off the grid because they're their whole point is not to be living with they can't be coordinating with people right isn't that right that's and that's what the bible says for them to separate right it says to separate from everyone else um and that goes interracial mixing and every everything else yeah. you know um you're not supposed to do that because you are my holy people and if i don't want my blessings to go to these other people so right now you posted a video on youtube and your youtube channel is it is it youtube.com slash artistic ambush Just victor keith okay victor keith mm-hmm. Uh, and I really encourage anybody to look it up. And I also encourage them to read the comments because one of the reasons that I felt comfortable inviting you on in, into my home to do this conversation is because the way that you responded to criticism, mm. you know, and, and, or, or just critiques, I don't criticize, whatever. I mean, it's semantics, 
but you know because there was pushback and oh, yeah. and i and i want to hear what you have to say about that i mean because you definitely didn't attack in my mind but you you just explained that this is what my perception of this is and right. i'm just trying to explain it you know and i don't think there's anything wrong with that now this is where we're at with this in this country oh, yeah. is that there and, and in this world it's not a it's not an american problem it's a global problem uh populism you know and and What's happened, you know, even with, well, I'll use the Russian meme stuff as an okay. example. Everybody's like, well, that's totally against the rules. And I'm like, it's not, it's not, it's not against the law. It's not yeah. against the law to put out misinformation. No. Right. And so it's up to us as individuals to be educated and so that we can see what is bullshit and what is true. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a lot of people that are going to listen to this that might think, oh, that's, this is misinformation because they're lazy. You know, right. you know what I'm saying? And, and, and I'm not saying that this is all. We're not answering all of the, you know, yeah. like we're just sitting here. You, you read up on stuff. And I, you know, I think in your book, people could, could understand that it's like, this is just your perception. They get to, they get to learn or, or discover these, these things yeah. through you, the lens that you saw. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of it, you know? Right. And I'm, I'm, I'll never tell you that I'm confident that I'm 100% right or anything. I can be proven wrong at any minute. You know, I'm very outspoken and I'm confident but you can change my mind tomorrow. Just show me the evidence. Me too. You know, hundred percent. Yeah. And when it comes to the YouTube comments and the backlash, um, it's, it's, it's only Christians who have something to say. And basically I can, I can respond with a Bible verse from their Bible, you know, and again, don't shoot the messenger, man. I'm just telling you what your pastor didn't, you know, that just is <laughs> or did. And they ignored it or they didn't ignore it. Yeah. There and, is, I mean, you know, obviously yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was only from Christians that you got criticism. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's. I can safely say it's it's only Christians that give the negative criticism. Yes. Yeah. You know yes. what's what, an interesting thing to me about uh, uh, what is it that the the people that believe the uh, American Christians that believe that they need well, I mean, the destruction of Israel is like literally in the Bible as well, right? Like right. that that has to happen for Jesus to come back. Mm -hmm. And so this is something that I think is so. I don't, I shouldn't laugh because I just think it's wild how you, you have these evangelicals. That's what it is. They okay. go to Israel and they're like, can I get you a pillow? Would you like a cookie? You know, because they literally are like, you have to be destroyed in order for mm -hmm. me to get my way. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, so you guys are just so amazing. I just love you. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? Like the, we actually, you cannot have people that are making legislation, uh, you know, legis that are writing legislation that have these beliefs. Right. Like you just cannot. Like, first no. of all, the separation of church and state. But like this is this is literally what people believe that the yeah. world has Israel has to be destroyed mm -hmm. so that Jesus can come back to Missouri. That's not. Is it Missouri? It, no, no. But I mean, <laughs> like whatever bullshit. But like it, you know it, it, that part I'm fabricating. But right. the the uh, they do believe that that has to happen. That's that's the step that has to happen. Mm -hmm. I had a question that I'm going to say now before we get too far off. Uh, Blair Hickok, shout out to Blair. She wanted to ask, uh, can you say the YouTube channel name again? It's Victor Keith. It's youtube.com slash Victor Keith. Right. So it's pretty simple to find that one. And, I, you know, the criticism, the, it, the responses were great. It was a great read. And, and, the, and the video is really interesting. And there's a way more in-depth, uh, uh, deep dive into the Black Israelite theory. I just think that it's, it, I mean, what was your take when you saw Kanye, though? Kanye went pretty damn far with it. I don't even know what the hell you know i mean and you're watching it and you're like i mean i don't know i don't know if he wants attention i don't i don't i don't know because you know i mean understand he also has he has the mega church doesn't he kanye's got his 
yeah. his own Christian church yeah. claiming to be an Israelite. And it's, yeah, no way, dude. Yeah. No, he's not serious. I, I just wonder if it's a big troll. Like, you know how, like... Uh, Looking for attention. I don't know if you ever saw, what's his face, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, that he did the... Mm-hmm the troll like he did this thing where he was like i'm i'm ending my acting career and i'm going to become a rapper and it, it was like a complete troll like it was literally him and casey affleck ben affleck's brother casey affleck and him had this idea it was casey affleck's yes. idea and he's like i'll pay you we'll do it we'll follow you around i sometimes think it's like performance art right. and and he's gonna be like see these motherfuckers can get duped right and you know and i'm like basically and i don't know i mean i don't want to give him any credit i think he's a lunatic but i think kanye's serious though yeah i think he's just crazy i think so too i think so too <laughs> you know and i think Kyrie is a young man that you know that has a platform that's massive yeah. and and so i don't know i mean but it, but with this is the thing we're we're robbed of all of our history we don't know anything about ourselves and this is major you know to open up the bible and find out that everybody follows and to find out that wait a minute while they stole my history and told me i was nothing i'm actually god's chosen people yeah black people aren't going to just let this get swept under the rug you know there's definitely going to be some to to address this head on <laughs> yeah i just okay that gets me to kind of like wh- what is the goal i mean if that's the goal it's like where do we where do we as americans go from here you know with that information because if the goal is 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 about equality and all because okay so as an atheist as mm-hmm. an american as an atheist mm-hmm. you don't subscribe to that shit so so no. like what is the that's you're not pushing it but i mean what do you what do you see as a product ah, how do i word it I mean, I just don't understand what the goal is for a guy like Kanye. I just don't know what, like, pushing. Like you said, he's just sharing the information. Right. But, you know, I was in Boston and I saw, I saw, like, outside of Boston, uh, what do you call it? The square, basically, where all the speakers, you know, everyone goes to. I mean, it was basically created by the Puritans so that they could have religious freedom so that they could squash other people's religions. (laughs) But, but this area where everybody, all these religious people will go and speak and everybody goes there and, and, and gathers. And they had on the very outskirts of it, they had some black Israelites and it had like, it was pretty crazy imagery or wild imagery of, you know, the white Jesus is the devil and all this different stuff. And I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) you know? know? And because would he not be the antichrist? If the Bible says, that Jesus is a black man and they're showing you a picture of a white man. And actually, if his name wasn't even Jesus, we all commonly know there was no letter J back then. And, you right. know, we've heard that. And um, people call him Yeshua, Yahweh, Yahweh there's yeah. Yahweh. Yeah, there's different variations of his name. But if his name is not Jesus and you're calling him Jesus and you're looking at a picture of a man that does not look like him and they're preaching that Jesus says that heaven is for everyone. All you have to do is believe in me. That's nowhere near Christ. You know, it's the the wrong name, the wrong image, and the wrong message. Yeah. So both of your books are available on Amazon, correct? Yes. So the what was the title of the misinformation or the mis the miseducation of the Christian? Okay. Um, a quick guide to ma- the manipulation of the Holy Bible. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the other one uh, is race, politics, and religion. Mm-hmm. And again, if you want to find those, you can just search. That's probably easier. I mean, actually, the first one's probably easier to find. Uh, the miseducation of the Christian, yes. Yeah, it comes up because uh, race, politics, and religion, There's, there's been a few, you know, I I think. I don't know if it was, it's, uh, it's, it, it's the three things are sex, politics, and religion. That they're running the books with that specific name, but it, it, it they dance around it so much that, yeah, it's, it's... It brings up different stuff. Yes. But if you can also search uh, for Victor Keith uh, as the author, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I really encourage anybody, especially uh, locally, you know, that wants to support what you're doing, and I think that you know, take it as you want. I mean, you know, this isn't 
we're not he's he's not trying to tell you like this is the only way to think this is just no your perspective you no know way. and so i think it's really cool no but, but i think that it needed to be said though as far as the israelite thing and why i push it like i said people have so many opinions about it and black people have no sense of pride um no black people do have a sense of pride but so much of it's been taken from us and we don't know where we came from i think it's important that that not be hidden but you that's know, that's where I have an issue though. Like then that was one of the criticisms I read is like if you don't if, if you, I don't believe if you don't believe it, mm-hmm. you see a benefit to it. Or you know, or like the benefit to it because it would give are you saying when you say black people, you're talking about Americans or globally? Um we say African Americans for okay. this, this particular okay. conversation. Sure. That's where I'm just like, ah. I don't feel the need to push the topic. And now, every, everywhere that I've said it, in my books, when I talk about it, I, I make it clear that I'm an atheist as well. Right. So, again, I'm not pushing this to encourage other people to go and become Israelites. You know, I'm only leveling the playing field because there's so many people who are speaking against it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I'm a big believer in freedom of speech and mm-hmm. meaning that I think that people need to be able to put information or put their take out there. And it's up to people to have better ideas right that's what you know that's the way that it works and so uh i think that go ahead you know what yeah let me say this too well my goal and reason for pushing this as well because as a former christian um i spent a lot of years in church and was misled so and and christianity when you step out on the street people are always trying to recruit you you know christians are constantly going on missions They're, they're filling the world with christianity you know so i do think it's important for me to be a counter source also just to put that that other information, because if nobody else is telling you, the one thing that you're hearing the most is that more than likely you need to just believe in Jesus and accept him as your savior when that's not the case. You know, um, I don't know if it's not the case. I mean, in the way that I don't know if I would would say that. I think my big thing is, is I don't want to. I, I mean, I, I guess it is if it's destructive for other people, but I right. think there is ways that people do it right, that do it like right. what I know in my heart of hearts is right, where they live a life of sacrifice they live mm-hmm. a life of of service of to others and that kind of the ethos you know mm-hmm. there's some people out there that regardless of what you want to call it they're doing god's work <laughs> you know like yeah. that and i believe that and so i celebrate yeah. that my thing is is i don't want to buy into and this is, might be considered this is where the the anti-semitism stuff i'm like i don't want anything that's exclusive i don't want to i don't want to sign off on that and that's not what america's about right. that's what the beauty of this country right. is yeah is that <laughs> is that in america we have freedom from that whether you know there's a there's an a feudalistic or there's the there's the conservative right that want to have this this yeah. thing but that's not and there's people on the left too that want to create this new religion i i don't want to mm-hmm. sound like tucker carlson saying it but right. it's like this new uh way of looking at things it's like dude whatever happened to like if you don't like me, go the other direction. Like this is a big ass place. Like, right. yeah, I don't know. And so I don't know. I don't want to, I, I, I don't like it when it comes to religion, how, how I don't want to have to narrow it down. I want there to be other people with different beliefs so that I can pick and choose, not pick and choose, but like I can be inspired by some of their right. strategies. Right. I don't need to be that, you right. know, you know? And, and so I don't know. It's kind of interesting, but I mean, whatever strategy leads you or whatever belief system leads you to being a better person. I definitely don't stand in the middle of that. You know, if you're, I mean, I know people who got off of drugs because of white Jesus, and I'm not going to go up there and tell them that, look, the Bible says Jesus is black and you need to stop this. No, 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 no. If that's keeping you off of drugs or whatever, then, you know, respect. I'm going to run with that. When you lose someone that you love too, and a lot of people are like, they're in heaven now. 
It feels pretty damn good to hear that, mm. even though I know. So my mom, my mom, my mom was a lesbian. Okay. And so, and she was the Sunday school teacher. And when it was about 93, 94, and I was with her because my mom was a single mom, obviously my parents were divorced because I mean, she's a lesbian and, and different reasons, obviously it just wasn't going to work. You know, they got married really young and, and she was, I mean, I, she's bisexual. She, she was, okay. she, you know, she's dated both, but she, uh, I was with her and she approached the pastor, the head pastor of the church and our Lutheran church, our diet Catholic church. And she said, I'm going to step down as the, as the past, as the Sunday school teacher. And the pastor's like, why? And she's like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to come out that I, I, you know, I'm going to live openly as, as I am as a lesbian woman. And so he said, why do you have to step down? And she said, well, I don't think our country is there yet. And I don't think Mm. our culture is there yet. I think we're making progress, but I don't think we're there yet. And I don't think it's my responsibility to be the one to teach a kid about it when a parent is going to have a different perspective, which as much as I hate, the idea that she had to do this, I admire her for it. That's respectful, yeah. Because she was like, I'm not the one that gets to decide the way that a child is parented. You know, I'm not. And she had a, enough dignity and respect towards parents to give them that right. And she's like, that's not my place. The pastor was like, I really want you to think about this. I want you to stay on. I love you. You're amazing. My mom was one of the most kind, just right. just loving people. So she was, And she's amazing with kids, had just the softest touch, you know, just in general. I mean, just the way she, she was incredible. Right. And so uh, he wanted her to stay on. She said, I'll think about it. We go home. She's like, I don't know. She thought about it. She decided to step down. Mm-hmm. And I respect that, you know. Uh, I know in that moment, my faith was definitely, that was reliant on how that pastor responded to that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and any shred wow. that I would have had later in life, that moment would have been a turning point. It was a turning point. And why I've always kind of preserved some faith. The quote that's kept me having faith of some form. I don't know if I necessarily subscribe to a book that's written by people. Mm-hmm. Do you know, you know, but that being said, like, is it's funny because it's from the usual suspects movie. It's a, and it says, okay. uh, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that, that he doesn't he exist. doesn't exist. And so that I think is like, well, shit, back to the drawing board <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I hear that, you know, so, 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 well, you know, Victor Keith, it's an honor to talk to you. It's an honor to have Thank you in you. my home. Uh, artistic ambush is your art. You can find that stuff on Facebook, Instagram. I think your Instagram is probably the best place, yes. you know, cause it really captures the one page. So artistic ambush. Uh, I like your DIY style. I noticed you had posted something and you're very open about the behind the scenes stuff and you had posted something about buying a stamp and so that you have your image on a stamp and you're like, it's just a lot more, it's affordable and I can get my stuff out there. Right. You recently had all of your stuff stolen. Is that right? <laughs> yes. A bunch of stickers and different things. Yes. Which was, uh, yeah, out of, out of my car one night and you wouldn't think as much a case of stickers, but I mean, it probably totaled about $700, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Had to, Lesson learned. So you if know. anybody, there's ways to donate, I'm sure. And you can find links if, if anybody wants to help you uh, recover some of that. Not the, not the you're asking. I'm, I'm the one putting that out there. There's ways to reach out. Uh, we got some comments we're going to take real quick. Okay. Uh, early on in the, in the thing, it was uh, Ronel Hardy. That must be a friend. Hey, yes. Yeah. He said, good luck, brother. I'm here. Later on also added uh, great interview, brother. Keep up. Keep them coming. So that's cool. Uh, and then... Uh, we got one from is it is it Ruck? Ruck Patel? Uh Rouge. Rouge. Okay. okay. And it said he said, Love you, bro. So you hey. got some you got some people tuning in. Nice. And thank you guys for watching. I'm glad to see you here. Right uh, on. Kimberly Redicop 
uh just wanted to say hey so hey appreciate you guys for watching uh and and you can you know you can subscribe to the spencer rant podcast wherever you're listening to this or watching this uh i always want to encourage people to tune in on spotify because that's where uh it's i just love the way that it is presented there apple does a few things to kind of kind of make it not look as cool so so uh blair hickok says uh 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 great episode thank you so much blair and then uh Dewan Lamar, great to see you. So, so you got some right support. On. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, last question: the Black Cultural Celebration. I want to talk about that. What that okay. meant to you? Uh, if it, what I know that there's politics behind it. I don't give a shit about that. You know what I'm saying? I don't <laughs> okay. give a shit about the organizers, right? And all that kind of stuff. Like, kudos to them for putting it on. First of all, I'm yeah. not trying to. When I say I don't give a shit, I'm like I don't. That's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. That's not what it's not about them. It's about the individuals that got to present their stuff there. That the, the whole point. What did that day mean? I mean, was that something that you, you know? I'm sure that you met a lot of cool people. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then with my 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 art and my books, it's, it's total conversation pieces. You know, so it's like I, there's people enjoying themselves and they stop and talk to me. You know, once they yeah. see the material, they they give me their perspectives and opinions. But it's 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 great because. It's, it's, it's all positivity. You know, one, it's like we don't get to connect with a lot of other black people around here. You think that we're only 1%. Yeah. You know, so to see all of us together and happy and positive yeah. and empowered and uplifting, yeah. you know, that's that's very, very important. Um, and I, and what I've learned and, and rolling your eyes and biting your tongue and that kind of stuff, right? Like, it's like, oh, yeah. like it's this is how I feel about the Democratic Party as a whole. <laughs> we are a big damn umbrella, right? So like, so, mm-hmm. so it's, we're going to have people that we may not, you'll just be like oh. but at the same time that's my crew you know yeah. you know what i'm saying and so like i would imagine that that's the experience because yeah i saw it i saw people that were like mm-hmm. this guy's driving me crazy you know and 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 yet everybody it was such a beautiful day you know yeah. and i oh, think yeah. that in some ways the black cultural celebration is better than the juneteenth celebration because juneteenth is cool do you know what i'm saying yeah. but they're i think the idea that it's it's just we're not we're, we're talking about that to me is about the future you yeah. know, whereas Juneteenth still is talking about some of I don't want to be like, oh, we yeah. shouldn't talk about the past. It, it matters. Mm-hmm. But I just think that the black cultural, cultural celebration was, was a better day. That's an excellent point. Yes. You know, and I mean, breaking the chains is an amazing thing and all mm-hmm. that stuff. But, you know, I was watching something the other day. We got to get out of here. But I was watching this thing about Prince Harry, <laughs> Harry and Meghan <laughs> Markle. And it really said something. He said Prince Harry said something. He's he's I don't want to use the word woke, but he said something about how he's like in, in British history that there's all this uh colonialism and, and there's all the, always these stories about them like ending these things like the slave trade and that's mm-hmm. when they want to be celebrated for ending the slave trade it's like motherfucker you started you, it yeah like that's you, like that's like literally <laughs> like if i if i cut you and i hand you a band-aid and you're, you're like hey thanks thank you, you saved thank, me. For, thank you yeah. for the band-aid <laughs> you know because i'm bleeding i don't know how that happened you know and so hey, hey i mean these conversations are designed just to give different perspective, you know? And so I want, yeah. I want everybody here to have these conversations with each other. Do you know, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And I want people to understand my white friends that there, you can have these conversations if you show a good heart, you know, people oh, yeah. are going to hear you out. If you show that you can say cringy ass shit. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like say your cringy ass shit, just get it out of your chest, get it off of your chest. And that's what I've been able to do by having this podcast. And I appreciate it so it's much. Excellent. So Victor Keith, thank you so much. Find Victor Keith on on Amazon. That definitely watch that video about the the Black Israelite stuff. It's really good. Do you know the title of it offhand? 
They'll be able to find it on your YouTube channel pretty easily. I'm yep, sure. I'm pretty new. I only have about four videos. So, <laughs> okay. I, and I posted a new one today, by the way. You should check oh, cool. it out. Oh, cool. I yeah. will. I will. Yeah. So, hey, uh, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can go to strpod.com, uh, strpod.com. And you can, right there, you can sponsor, you can become a monthly sponsor or you can just do a one-time donation. And that, that helps me greatly. I'm trying to get the word out. I'm trying to advertise with this. So that's, that's how the only way I'm going to be able to do it is if I get support from you guys. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Victor Keith. And now I'm going to end this with a song. Uh, I thought that this was a fitting song. This is uh, me, Patty Rose, with the song, Big Brother. The right heist can prove you jeopardize. A zeitgeist seen clear with open eyes A hoax promote by fear instilled in slaves Deployed the troops as the big brother craves The blood of enemies in shallow graves Well claiming that a white Jesus saves You can't keep me quiet blind and ignorant I refuse to feel indifference our crying eyes are swollen, our precious lives are stolen We sit and watch the falling towers to relinquish any amount of power Civil liberties are stripped and merely missed The poor stays poor, the rich stays rich Via tactics cause me to turn their cheek When do we get so fucking weak? We begin to sell and taste the feet Our guts tell us we must retreat Protect your neck, protect your soul Long ago we lost control We begin to smell and taste the feet Our guts tell us we must retreat Protect your neck, protect your soul Long ago we lost control
we assume that this is how it must be. And in fact, when people tell us it's not how it must be, then we look at them as naive and idealistic. We take refuge in cynicism and think it's wisdom. We decide that we have to settle. 